And then they did a profile on the real guy, and he would just go, good morning, Vietnam. And it wasn't the same, you know? It, like, uh, ruined the whole movie experience. Good morning. Go. Good morning, fantasy players. It's the Sports Addict Daily Fantasy Football Show. This week we're discussing week 14 and the main slate as we do on Friday mornings for your Friday commute to and from work. Uh, if you're in the Chicagoland area, it's expected to be uh, a bit of a rainy commute out in the, out in the yeah, burbs, maybe, maybe some snow. Yeah. Is it what's going on out there? I haven't even taken a peek. I don't know if the drapes are closed right now, okay. so I have no, no idea. No. We'll get the weather report here but shortly. The computer um, did say heavy rain this morning, so. We are the Sports Addict. We've been podcasting for the better part of a decade. Actually, all of a decade at this point. <laughs> My name is Clark Lawrenson. This is uh, the fantasy football guy. This is Alfred Ferdinand Larcher III. Well, good morning. It's a very um, it, it, it crappy slate this week. You know, it's it's a very difficult slate where there's not a lot of ceiling anywhere, which means anything could happen. Um, your guess is as good as mine, but we'll we'll try to uh, avoid some chalk this week. I think is going to be the key because really it's it's anybody's game, and hopefully we can do this show without me losing my voice this week. That that helps as well. Oh yeah. Uh, but looking like if you just look at like the flex position, both, you know, all, all your wide receiver, your running back, your tight end, there's three players currently projecting over 30 points. That's it. You know, it's Jamar Chase, it's Armand Ra, Ra St. Brown, and it's Justin Jefferson. You know, everybody else is under 30 points. And there's only about four guys projecting over 25. Um, so it's not, it's not a really – you don't have to worry about – anybody killing you too hard now that doesn't mean a guy doesn't go off for 40 points it just means it's less likely and that a lot of your decisions are going to be kind of irrelevant like it's you know you you may go jamar chase over armand st brown you know there's a hundred dollar difference uh armand st brown projects is better in a better game environment than uh jamar chase against cleveland but it's probably not going to make a difference whichever route you go. So what I'm saying is have a lot of variance this week, you know, try to really mix it up. And I think it's a good week to really focus on fundamentals of tournament play. And that's avoiding chalk. And that's double stacking, you know, where it makes sense. That means running back players. Uh, It's just doing everything right. And just doing the finer points, the details, the minutia of of a proper built team, uh, finding correlation is going to be key uh, because the player pool selection itself isn't as important this week. So just something to consider as as we talk about uh, uh, some of the positions. You know, you look at the quarterback position, three players, four players are projecting over 40 points, or I'm sorry, over 30 points uh, for ceiling projections. Uh, generally, when I talk, I talk ceiling because it's tournament play, and that's what I'm looking at. Uh, so if I don't say ceiling, um, that's usually what I'm talking about. If, if I'm saying just projecting, I'll, I'll say projection. But, you know, you're looking at, you're looking at uh, Patrick Mahomes. You're looking at Joe Burrow. You're looking at Jalen Hurts. And you're looking at Josh Allen. Josh Allen is projecting the highest. He has the highest projected ceiling at 35 points. Um, but 
he's not really in a great game environment. They're playing the New York Jets. The Jets do very well against the pass. You know, Sauce Gardner, probably a defensive rookie of the year. Uh, he's shutting he's shutting players down. And, uh, yeah, it's just not a good game environment. I'm not excited about the play. As a matter of fact, I'm, I'm pretty happy and pretty comfortable fading the 10% projected ownership of Justin Fields and, and applying that to maybe a little Jalen Hurts, who is in a good game environment, but he's only projecting at about 7% ownership versus 10% ownership. So you're not fooling anybody by going to Jalen Hurts, <laughs> but you are getting away from uh, a Josh Allen and then the other guy right there at that same price point, well, he's a thousand dollars less, is Joe Burrow. But those are those are the three projected ceiling guys. And Burrow is projected to be the highest owned player on the slate. Um, so I think I think the best pivot on the expensive play this week, if you're looking for ceiling, is probably Jalen Hurts. You know, cash game, you're probably looking at Joe Burrow. <laughs> You know, save the thousand dollars off of uh, you know thirteen hundred off of Josh Allen. I think I think it's pretty safe to say the cash play is going to be Joe Burrow or uh, you know Kirk Cousins at sixty one hundred. If you're looking to save money, I think those are the two cash plays. But for tournament, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of really high ownership on on the things you would expect the ownership to be on. You know, Joe Burrow. At seven thousand, highest projected ownership, you know, uh, a third highest ceiling. He's in, he's in that plus thirty uh, points uh, ceiling. But then you got a guy like Jared Goff, who's just in a really good game environment. You know, he's fifty six hundred, and his ceiling is, you know, about twenty five points. But in a game where, the, but in a week where there's only three quarterbacks that have real, you know, high ceilings. Your guess is as good as anything, so you might as well spend down. Um, so everybody is spending down, and they're they're going to J- Jared Goff, you know, because it's in that dome, you know, it, it's in that it's a, it's on a field where high fantasy produ- produ- production has been consistent each and every week at Ford Field in Detroit, and you know you're playing the Minnesota Vikings, who are are going to push the Detroit Lions. Uh, the Detroit Lions are favored in this game. I'm not sure how or why, but they are favored in this game by uh, just a few points, a handful of points. Um, so, you know, the, the, this is also, I believe, the uh, one of the highest over-unders on the week. So, 50, I'm seeing 51.5. Okay. Yeah, that, that seems uh, uh, accurate. I have my – well, I have it listed as team totals right now, so it's telling me uh, – what, 20? You know, Detroit's favored at 26 and Minnesota's at 24 projected points. Wow. Um, so you might so, be down a point yeah. with that. I have, it, I have it at 51 and a half, and okay. it is the highest projected uh, over-under on the week. So, you know, this week, I mean, it's pretty summed up by, by you have the number one scoring offense against the worst scoring offense uh, in a game this week in the Kansas City Chiefs and Denver Broncos. And that, I mean, pretty much sums up the entire board. You know, it's just ugly. It's just an ugly, another ugly week. You know, you have Houston Texans against the Dallas Cowboys at a 17 and a half point spread. Um, so it's just like, wow. if you're, if you're going to play in tournaments, I think it's getting off that chalk is just going to be key. And as I said, Joe Burrow top for hot spending up Jared Goff is the top for spending down. Uh, Kirk Cousins, um, 
he's he's uh he's the go-to guy for the mid-range price quarterback at 6100 and then people are playing of course Josh Allen as well just cuz it's Josh Allen even though the game environment kind of sucks there so those are the guys all projecting above 10% ownership Burrow Goff Cousins Allen for me that's they're they're probably going to be fades you know I don't know if they're going to be full fades but I'm definitely going to be underweight on them uh, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't run more than say, you know, 5% on each of those guys. And then just try to outsmart the field. Just try to get the guy who, uh, is being underowned. And as we talked about for a, a second ago, I think uh, Jalen hurts, you know, we saw what he did last week. Uh, we know, we know what his ceiling is. You know, it's not, it's not a really imposing matchup against the New York giants. The point spread is only 44 and a half, but there's not a lot of high point spreads this week. You know, uh, that 51 and a half is the clear number one, uh, but there's there's no other game. Is that right? No yeah. other game projecting over 50 points on an over and under. Everything I mean, else is in that range of 45 points. 46.5 is the next highest in on, from what yeah. I'm Gee. Cleveland, Cincinnati. Yeah. Yep. The Battle of Ohio. Yeah, I mean, you have Dallas, Houston, 44. You have Kansas City, Denver, 44. Uh, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, 36. No uh, uh, Lamar Jackson. I mean, that's another thing. There's no Lamar Jackson on this. Oh, slate. man. Yep. Wow. There's just a, a, there's not a lot of like firepower. So, week. yeah, that, that this is the week. This is the week to be a baller tournament player and, and make those hard decisions and cut the chalk and, and play. You know, go balls out on the low owned guys. Uh, Geno Smith, sixty two hundred. Um, he he's in a he's in a, a fast paced game against the Carolina Panthers. You know, the the Panthers, um, they're throwing a little bit more. You know, since since they made some changes in the coaching and uh, forty four and a half over and under. You know, Seattle. You, you get the players like Lockett, you get DK Metcalf, you get a lot of uh, potent offensive pieces. And then, you know, you can run it back with DJ Moore who, who bites you in the ass each and every week. But maybe this is the week. So, like, I like Geno Smith. I like uh, – I'm down on Danny Dimes. I'm dying, down on Kenny Pickett's. Tyler Huntley, I'm not really touching. Tannehill, though. You know, Russ Wilson, you know, just been garbage. Just absolute shit. Uh, you know, he has the wolf blood and it's failing him. You know, he's not wolfing out. He's like, if you're watching the uh, Wednesday series on Netflix, he, he's like that girl who just can't wolf out. And maybe this is the week he wolfs out. And if he does wolf out, I want I want a piece of it, you know? So I, I'm probably going to do a little bit of Russ Wilson, even though, you know, his, he's put up nine, nine, 10, 15, 14. Those are his last five fantasy football productions. I mean, just absolute shit. He's only gone over 20 points once this year, twice this year, once at 20, the other at 27. So, um, yeah, I mean, just gross. It's just gross. It's just, you know, it's Russell Wilson bad. But he's a guy who has... You know, if, if this is a week to go off, this might be the spot. Yeah, a guy who's really under-owned this week, who who was the, all the rage last week, who I think is in a really good position, is Trevor Lawrence. Probably going to be my favorite play this week. You know, here's a guy who last week ate up all the ownership, and he didn't deliver. Uh, he, he was projected for, what was his ownership? Uh, something crazy. Big last week. 
Yeah, like he, he was like 15% ownership. I think it might have came down to around 10 at the end. But, I mean, he was the go-to guy because, you know, they're playing Detroit. By the way, Detroit's defense has been playing a little bit better. I mean, yeah. that's something to consider in fading that Detroit game. Apparently, uh, Vegas uh, has considered that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're, they're, they have the Detroit favorite over the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, but last week against the Detroit Lions in the most fantasy-friendly environment – in football at Ford Field, you know, he 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 only put up 14 points. He was projected for 19, and uh, he did it. Um, but let's not forget two weeks ago against the Baltimore Ravens, he put up 28 points. Right. Um, he did hit 20 points against the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, 17 week, points the week before that. Now here's a guy who has potential with a ceiling. He's 5,700. You know, yes, it's more comfortable to play uh, – who you know you could get up to 6200 to Geno Smith you know that's that's a lot more comfortable but at 5700 uh I think Trevor Lawrence is a hell of a play this week he he's right now projecting under 3% ownership so i mean that that's the tournament guy right there yep yeah. do we have any weather in that game uh in in which game Jacksonville Jaguars and uh, Tennessee in Tennessee um, we do have some uh, some weather there. Uh, it's overcast is the weather with 55 degrees. So weather is a no four mile an hour win. Okay, so it's a good it's a good weather environment. There you go. Tennessee, you know, if you if you're a fantasy football player, you know, Tennessee is a team you attack through the air. You know, they, they, they stop the run, but they're one of the worst teams at stopping the pass. You know, they're a pass funnel. You just that you pass all over them. So. Trevor Lawrence is in like it's one of those weeks. This happens a lot in fantasy football where there are teams that are clear funnels, you know, where where the offense funnels to one position, you know, whether it be a tight end, you know, a team just cannot stop the tight end position. And week after week, we see results, even with shitty tight ends going off. And then suddenly the field moves away from that even though there's absolutely no logical reason for that to happen. That is what is happening this week. People just do not want to play Trevor Lawrence after getting burnt last week. And, and his price is it's kind of high. I mean, 5,700, if he was, you know, 5,400, the guy would be, uh, I, I think about 10% ownership, but that extra $500 is making a difference. It's driving his ownership down in a game that projects at a high pace with a pass funnel on offense. So Trevor Lawrence is a great, great, play this week and uh we'll we'll talk when we when we break down games even though that's not one of the top uh three uh over and unders this week we're probably going to move away from that a little bit because of uh uh i I think you got to get off the chalk this week and that's going to move us away from looking at over and under so we'll talk tennessee jacksonville and how to approach that game uh a little bit later but yeah i think trevor lawrence is probably my favorite quarterback play um you know tom brady Against San Francisco, I don't think I want to touch that. Uh, Deshaun Watson, you know, was the worst quarterback last week. You know, the guy hadn't played football in 700 days. He comes back and he, he just duds out. You know, now he's going up against Cincinnati. Cincinnati has been very good at stopping the quarterback position. Um, so it's it's not looking good for Deshaun Watson. But, you know, if this guy clicks back to the old Deshaun Watson of two years ago, you know, you, you never know. Mike White has been a great value at 5,500 for the New York Jets. They've started to find a little bit of offense, you know, with Wilson. 
but they're going up against the Buffalo Bills. And uh, even though he has no ownership, he's under 1% right now. Um, his ceiling probably isn't good enough to get you there. But again, you know, 25 points is going to be good this week. If you can get a quarterback and not spend a lot of money and he gives you 25 plus points, you know, it, you're printing money. So these are guys you still have to consider, you know. You take some risks uh, underneath. Uh, you know, I told you what my risk is going to be. It's going to be Trevor Lawrence. Um, I, I may throw a little bit of uh, exposure on uh, maybe some of these underneath guys. Probably not Mike White. Probably not Deshaun Watson. Maybe Tom Brady. <clears throat> you know, 5,600. 5, it's still Tom Brady. He's still capable of doing Tom Brady things. But the game projects to be very slow and defense-driven. So, um I'm not really comfortable with that. Mike White, you know what? I think Mike White, I, I'm coming back to him. I think I talked about him last week as one of my favorite plays. Yep. And he actually did okay last week. You know, there wasn't a huge uh, quarterback ceiling last week either. At least it didn't hit. And the guy did put up 22 points. He broke his projection at 5,400. Um, and the week before that, he put up 27 points. So two consecutive weeks, he's put up over 20 points. Now, this is a trap game against Buffalo. You know, as I said, Buffalo's defense is stout. You know, they shut down the quarterback position. I believe they're like top five against the quarterback position in fantasy football. So um, it's a, it's an ugly, scary play, but this is the week where something strange is going to happen. You know, this is a week where Kenny Pickett could win you a million dollars. I'm not going towards Kenny Pickett. I'm not going to play any Kenny Pickett, but, you know, just throwing that out there. I mean, there is a slim yeah. chance that. In Buffalo, it's going to be uh, 39 degrees. There's a 10-mile-an-hour wind and overcast. There might be a small okay. chance of rain. So, yeah, not a great uh, – not a, not a great – not great news there. Yeah. Um, which keeps which keeps bringing me back right back to Trevor Lawrence. You know, all roads seem to be leading in, in tournament play to Trevor Lawrence. Um, Tyler Huntley actually has a decent ceiling for Baltimore at 5,500. I just thought I'd mention that. Uh, under 3% ownership. His ceiling's about 25 points. He's projecting fairly well. You know, he, he's projecting better than, say, a Dan Danny Dimes um, against Philadelphia. He's projecting similar to uh, Deshaun Watson. So just something to consider. Um, right now, I'm not on him, but I could be talked into playing a little bit of, of Tyler Huntley. Um when I start doing some teams later this afternoon, I'm probably going to consider him. But, yeah, Trevor Lawrence is going to be the guy I'm going to have the most exposure on. And uh, I'm going to hope for the best there. So moving to the running back position, you know, same story. Not a lot of ceiling. Um, running back position is – this is a week where I don't think you got to get too creative. I think the guys who you think are going to do well are going to do well. I would eat the chalk this week. Where, where where it's necessary. Uh, Derek Henry, 7,900. He's the highest projected ownership right now at around 30%. You know, Joe Mixon, 25%. DeAndre Swift, not not great game environment, but, you know, 5,800 against the Minnesota Vikings. Um, he, he took over lead running back duties last week. Um, it's most likely to continue again this week. So a little bit of risk there. I don't know if I like that risk at 25% ownership, but he is only 5,800. So, again, it's probably worth eating. There's nobody that scares me from an ownership perspective. Um, there's nobody over 30% ownership 
at the running back position. Everything's kind of balanced out nicely. So, again, I wouldn't go crazy. You know, guys I like, um, Tony Pollard, Zeke Elliott, you know, they're both playing Houston. And that's another uh, one of those attack situations where every week you just attack, 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 you know, Houston's running game. Is the run defense? You know, Lovey Smith can't. Uh, he just can't coach a team that can stop the run. And you know, this is a situation where both guys are playable. Um, they're both projecting very similar. So I'm I'm going to be starting both. I am probably going to set a rule that I don't want to play both of them on the same team. Um, although, you know, I want I won a big tournament. I won my first tournament ever. You know, it's like uh, seven thousand dollars. On a on a dollar team, um, taking first place in the uh, the the one dollar uh, twenty max a couple years ago, and I played. Uh, I think it was Latavius Murray and uh, Elvin Kamara. You know, both of the Saints on the same team, and you know nobody did that. And they both went off that week. I think they both went for like it was like twenty five thirty points um, each. So. You know, it, it, it was a one. It, it's what won me that week, you know, because it, it was so contrary into the field. Nobody was playing them. So it's not it's not crazy to do like one or two teams. You know, if you're doing 150 max, even a 20 max. I mean, if you want to throw one team that plays both it, it, the, it is realistic that they both could get there and wow. nobody would be nobody would be touching it. But it's I, not, it's not Al, I got them both in a league that I a must win in a year long league. Yeah, I've been contemplating playing them both. I don't have much at running back. Yeah, I mean, if you don't have depth, if they're both projecting better than whatever you have, um, I certainly would. That's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. It is, but, you know, I mean, if one of them gets you 15 and one of them gets you 25, you know, it's very doable against the Houston yeah. Texans. You know, that that's as good as starting like a Damian Pierce and, and a stud running back. I mean, it, it happens. Yeah. Joe Mixon is the second highest owned running back this week. He's 6,900 going up against the Cleveland Browns. Uh, I mean, just a feast spot for him. Um, and then, you know, a thousand dollars less, as mentioned, was DeAndre Swift, who seems like he's his, his old self, you know, as far as usage is going. So that's another great play. I think Delvin Cook against Detroit is a good play. He's 7,300. Uh, Tony Pollard, I mentioned, 6,700. Uh, Zeke, 61. You know, Zeke cheaper than Pollard and less owned. And, oh. the, you know, the, the rule of thumb in, in, in tournament play is when two guys project very similar, take the cheaper guy and the less owned guy. And if they're both the same guy, that that's, you know, that's a smash spot. And that's Zeke Elliott this week. You know, 6,100 versus 6,700. Uh 14, 14% ownership versus 8% ownership. I mean, it's not huge saving, but, you know, I think I favor Zeke a little bit over Tony this week. Uh, although my model is really, really liking Tony Pollard. Is, is it's it's actually it's the, my highest rated player this week. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, when I, when I start generating, when I start, uh, you know, fighting the optimizer, um, Tony Pollard might might end up, beating out Zeke, but if I, I'm going to try to control it where Zeke is going to get, um, he's going to at least get half of the ownership that I, I, I'm going to dole out between the two. Uh, there is a punt play at running back this week. You don't see this very often uh, this year at DraftKings. DraftKings has been very responsible. Um, 
pricing running backs, even backup running backs. But last week, uh, James Cook was the number one running back of the Buffalo Bills. And if that continues, you know, 8% ownership, he's 4,600. So you have a running back who's under 5K. You know, you get a lot of savings there. You know, you pair him with Joe Mixon and, you know, you're getting, you know, Two, two stud running backs for, uh, you know, about $12,000. It's going to give you a lot of room to play the rest of the board. Um, I do like Miles Sanders as well. I like Miles Sanders a lot. He's my favorite running back play this week, 6,200, going up against the Giants. Um, Philadelphia should be controlling that game. They are favored by a touchdown. It's a good game environment. Uh, the, the Giants have been struggling against the run. Um, I, th- I think it just sets up really nicely for Miles Sanders. I don't think it sets up as nicely for Saquon Barkley. You know, he's 8K, but he's coming in at about 5% ownership. So the, f- the field agrees with that statement, which is why I think he is actually pretty playable uh, because of that fact. So, you know, I-, I like I like playing a little bit of Barkley, although I'm going to kind of limit my exposure. And then uh, Nick Chubb at 7,800. Under three percent ownership, um, you know it, it's very possible that Cleveland just gets blown out, and Nick Chubb becomes kind of irrelevant. So there's some risk involved there, but you know Nick Chubb's been balling, and uh, I think it's a good spot. So those are my running back plays right now. And usually, like what's on a the Friday, Chubb, what's the Chubb uh, ceiling? He's at about 24 points for okay. a ceiling, you know, where the, where the highest ceiling on the board is 28 with Derrick Henry. So you're talking about a four point difference between Henry and Chubb okay. um, and you're saving price. Yeah. I mean, not much. You, it's a hundred dollar difference between Chubb and Henry. And yes, I'd rather play uh, Mark. I almost called it Mark Henry, you know, <laughs> sexual chocolate, little strongest uh, man in the world, the strongest man in the world, the big dog, but Derek Henry, um, I would much rather play Derek Henry, but the field is playing Derek Henry. So mm-hmm. if you want to pivot, Nick Chubb is a great pivot play in tournament, you know, not a great cash play in cash. Uh, I, I think I'm going big dog for sure. I probably played Derek Henry and Joe Mixon. I think it's doable to play both of them this week. Um, or, you know, go down to James Cook and Derrick Henry and then get uh, a little more equity at the running back or tight end spot because, you know, there's only really one tight end. Actually, that's not true. Andrews is a good play this week. Uh, so th- those are the, those are all my running back plays. Uh, usually at this point in the week, I'm at like 20 running backs, and I'm, I'm fighting to narrow it down. Right now I'm sitting at 11 running backs, and I'm very comfortable with that, and I'm probably going to get it down to about seven by Sunday. So um, I feel like I have my biggest wins when I when I really limit running back exposure and um, and I don't accidentally fade the guy who goes off and, you know, uh, easier said than done. But you have one, two, three, four, five. You have six guys projecting between 20 and 24 points um, at various price range from 58 to, you know, 7800. Um to eight eight thousand, so fifty eight to eight thousand of those, you know, six guys. So there's definitely a couple of them that are worth cutting in that price point. You know, the scary thing is some of those guys are Nick Chubb, Barkley, and Swift, which you know they're hard to fade because if if somebody does go off for thirty points, those guys' names are very possible. You know, they're not scrubs. You know, like the James Cook play. You know, if he was projecting in that 
if he wasn't so cheap and he was in that price range, I mean, that would be an easy fade, but, uh, yeah, maybe, you know, the, 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 probably the best fade there is going to be, uh, Deandre Swift. You know, he has the, he's, he's eating up all the ownership at that price range and, uh, and there, there are routes, you know, we've seen it where, you know, Jamal Williams gets the touchdowns and uh, Swift just kind of, you know, he'll, he'll get you 15 points or so. And you just need more at it at, at, at the price point this week. But, um, you know, he is cheaper than Zeke Elliott. And, you know, I think Swift is the better play than Zeke Elliott, even though, as we talked about, Zeke Elliott's in a pretty good position. But. I think I'd rather spend an extra $400 and just get to Miles Sanders and fade DeAndre Swift. We know Miles Sanders is going to be involved in the game plan of the Philadelphia Eagles. And Jalen Hurts, as I talked about, one of my favorite um, spend-up plays at the position this week. And I think you can let – let's me let actually check correlation between Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders. Um, they do have positive correlation. So uh, that means, you know, when – one has a good day. The other has a good day. It's not huge. It's a half point correlation, which isn't that exciting. It's not like, oh, my God, you know, it must play, but it's not negative. And usually when you're talking about quarterback running back, it's a negative correlation. Um, you know, actually, uh, you know, Devontae Smith, for example, has bad correlation with Miles Sanders. So if you're playing Miles Sanders, Jalen Hurts, fade Devontae Smith. And A.J. Brown actually has positive um, correlation with with uh, with Miles Sanders. So Sanders, Brown, Hurts uh, would be a decent stack there. I know that's kind of price prohibitive. So you know you'd have to you'd have to really get cheap at some other you'd have to get thin at some other spots. But you know it's doable, especially with the runbacks being the New York Giants. You know you you could do a cheap play there. Um, wide receiver. We'll talk about more of those when we start talking stacks. But, uh, you know, the big plays this week are Justin Jefferson, Armand St. Brown, Chase, Diggs. Um, and then it gets really thin. Now, you know, after those guys, you're talking about like, you know, 25-point ceiling guys, like the rest of the field. So it's not it, – it's very cramped, you know, with very different price points. Um you know, in ownership, Garrett Wilson, Garrett Wilson's not in a great spot this week. I mean, they're going up against Buffalo. He's eating a lot of the ownership. He's, you know, he's at 20% ownership and a week where ownership is very spread. As we've said before, it's a very spread at every position. So if there's not, a, there's not a massive chalk player this week. So when you're talking about like 20% ownership, most weeks you're like, ah, it's not a big deal. Well, this week it kind of is. Because those are the high-owned guys. So, like, Garrett Wilson is probably a guy worth fading. Whereas, you know, Armand St. Brown is the highest projected owned player on the board. His price point, though, has finally got to a point where you you could start considering fading him. You know, when he, when he was – you know, when he was in that $7,000 range, like, you couldn't fade him because the ceiling was just too damn high. You know, last week the dude was 7100 and I faded him, and it was a mistake. You know, I faded him because ownership projected really high. And I didn't do a full fade on him, but I definitely was underweight on the field. And he went off for 37 points. Wow. Um, so, I mean, that bit me. I, I had a bad week last week, and I could really much chalk it up to being too thin on our mind St. Brown. But this week, he's 7,800. 
You know, he, he I mean, he's damn near the highest priced wide receiver on the slate. And, you know, when you start talking about that, you know, I think I'd rather have Jamar Chase over Armand St. Brown. Like, I don't think that's a crazy statement. Armand, uh, you know, Jamar Chase is $100 more now than Armand St. Brown with half the ownership. So I think I think Armand St. Brown is a pretty good fade this week and putting all that ownership on Jamar Chase and just hoping Jamar Chase, you know, outplays Armand St. Brown when it comes to point totals at the end of the day. And we know that's possible. You know, they're playing Cleveland. I mean, it's doable. So, you know, yes, Armand St. Brown has – he's playing in a dome. Yes, it has the highest over-under on the week. Yes, you know, he has great connection with golf. I mean, there, there's a lot of positives for Armand St. Brown. Yeah, but where, that weather's going to be fine there in uh, Cincinnati. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I like that. I, I like that chase pivot a lot. Um, you know, and then and then – He's catching ownership. He's a little bit cheaper, but you have C.D. Lamb going up against the Houston Texans, and you know, yeah, yeah, Dallas is going to run a lot in that game, but you know, they very easily get him his hundred yards. And the guy's been consistent. Um, you know, he just projects green like every week. You know, he has three red dot duds. When I'm looking at his, uh, you know, his stock profile, uh, seven targets, 11 targets, five targets, 15 targets, seven uh, targets, 77 yards, 150 yards, 45 yards, 106 yards, 71 yards, uh, two touchdowns, one touchdown. He has been uh, struggling a little bit getting the touchdowns, but he is hitting that 100 yards. He's had 20 points in the last in the last two consecutive weeks. He's hit 20 points. Uh, and again, uh, this is a week where it's very thin. So a guy like CeeDee Lamb is probably a pretty good play. He is catching a little bit of ownership. He's at about 20%. So, I mean, that's a concern. Whereas, you know, uh, DK Metcalf is is only at about 8% ownership, and he projects pretty similarly, uh, you know, as does T. Higgins. Um, Christian Kirk's a really good play this week. Ownership is down. Uh, why don't we just talk about that? Well, let's just we'll talk tight end, and then we're going to jump into Jacksonville, Tennessee. Yep. I think that's the game to attack this week. Um, Mark Andrews, you know, I don't I don't have the data in front of me, but I believe last year I know it was true when Lamar Jackson was out. Mark Andrews had better games than when Lamar Jackson was in. Um, he, he had good games with both both situations, but he actually did what, better with uh, Lamar Jackson out. You know, and a lot of that can be contributed to the, the fact that, you know, you have a quarterback who's going to check it down to the best receiver on the field. The best receiver on the field also playing underneath is, is Mark Andrews. Um, you know, he's better than any other wide receiver that they have. And he also has a better chance at scoring a touchdown without Lamar Jackson running one in uh, than with Lamar Jackson, you know, on the field. Now, you know, Mark, Mark uh, Huntley actually is a pretty good running quarterback. So there is some risk there, but uh, or Tyler Hunt, uh, Tyler Huntley, but it's fine. Yeah. I think, um, you know, I, I think he's a really good play at 6,500, especially with it as a week as the wide receiver position is this week. And really, the ceiling in general is so weak. Um, I think Mark Andrews is a pretty good play at 6,500. Now, he's only projecting for a ceiling of 15 points, 
which isn't very enticing. You know, TJ Hawkinson in a revenge game going up against the Detroit Lions who traded him this year, uh, you know, midseason at 5,100 is a very enticing play. Probably one. He's, he's my favorite play at the tight end position. You know, I just I, I believe in the revenge game narrative. Um, I've seen it play out so many times that it's something I actually really consider and put value in. Will, and I think will that he, drive his ownership to the higher end? Yeah, I mean, he is projecting at 16% ownership right now, which is the second highest. Uh, Greg Dolich of the Denver Broncos, you know, uh, 3,400, projecting for 16 points. So he's projecting better than, you know, Mark Andrews. Uh, Greg Dolich, 3,400. He's at 31% ownership. That's an easy fade. If you're playing tournaments, you absolutely have to fade uh, Dolich. Fade Dolich. Got it. Yeah. This, you know, I mean, you're talking about the Denver Broncos have a team total of uh, 17 points. So, I mean, we're not talking about fireworks here. We're talking about a dud of a game, you know. Uh, and yeah, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna utilize him. He's probably the best you know receiver they have because uh, that team is so banged up. But at thirty percent ownership, man, it's just it's a recipe for disaster. You know, you're just you're putting way too much equity into a player that has produced you know fourteen points last week, uh, three points prior, seven points prior, two points, twelve points, eleven points. 12 points. Now, obviously, this is the best situation he's been in. Um, but he's had over eight targets two times this year. One time against the New York Jets, he had nine targets. He caught six balls for 51 yards. He put up 11 DraftKings points. You know, last week against the Baltimore Ravens, eight targets, six catches, 85 yards, 14 DraftKings points. Now, you know, at a player that's 3,400, yes, 14 DraftKings points is pretty good. But when you really break down the tight end position, you know, you could get that from somebody else. And there, there is a realistic chance that, you know, he just – he takes a dump and he's not the guy. Um, you know, uh, Noah, Noah Fant is projecting really well with no ownership at 3,100. So he's cheaper than Dulwich. And let me just kind of see what he's been doing here. Uh, five targets, three targets, four targets, six targets. Last week, he gave you 14 fantasy points at 3K. So he was the better play last week against the against the Rams. Um, he did put up six points, six points, 14 points. So you know, he's, he's either going to give you, you know, five to six points or he's going to give you 14 to 15 points. But great pivot off of the chalk, um, which, again, is what you're going to be looking for. Uh, Daniel Bellinger back with the Giants, 3,300. Uh, Philadelphia does give up uh, the, the the tight end position. Um, 5% ownership, 3,300, same price as Dulwich. Another actually a hundred dollars less than Dolich. Uh, great, great pivot. Another great pivot. So what I'm saying is, there's there's a lot of smart moves that will get you off the chalk this week when you when you pivot Dolich if you're a smart player. And I think that's just a clear, easy tournament pivot. Now cash game, you know, fire him up. It's probably probably the right move there. 
Uh, but Hawkinson, I think, you know, he's only projected for ceiling 18 points, but I mean, the guy could ball out, um, in the revenge game. I mean, he could just, just ram it, just shove it down the, uh, the throat of the, uh, of the, uh, uh, Detroit lions. Uh, you know, it reminds me of that song by cupcake that we won't get into, but, uh, you know, he did put up 42 points against the Seattle Seahawks. Now I believe that was a game where the lions didn't have anybody playing except him. But, you know, he did have a 42-point game this year. So, you know, Hawkinson, good play as well at 5,100. And, if you know, if you punt at, at running back or if you punt at wide receiver, I mean, you could get there. Um, like I said, I do like Mark Andrews. I think he's going to be underplayed. He's going to be under-owned, less than 1% ownership. And okay. uh, I, I think he could ball. So, right. yeah. So, that's the tight end position. So now just kind of looking at some games here, you know, we got about 20 minutes. Um, we can kind of see, see how to attack some of these games. I had never heard of cupcake. Al. Yeah. Two K's. And then I, and then I looked it up. Oh, it is two K's. Yeah. I looked it up and I think I see the song that you were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. The kids like that song. I don't know. Do you they? know, it's, uh, it's a little yeah. vulgar. I yeah. thought, I thought the WAP was a vulgar song. And then th- this one, yeah, you know, uh, uh, this one's got, you know, the kids, but the kids sing along. They, they know this shit. Okay. And, uh, All right. They then. like it. Oh, vulgar kids. I tell you. Yeah. The music these days, my God. My uh, Lord. Yeah. Some, something about a throat. It's a throat. So I can't think of the name of the song. Oh, she's from deep. Chicago. Cupcake. I know that. It's deep throat. Al. This is deep throat's the name of the song. Yes. This is the stuff that everybody's getting in on. It's a catchy tune, but it's very vulgar. Okay. You know, but now that I know she's from Chicago, you know, she's cool. She's cool with me. I'm not going to play it because of the censors, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a good idea. But I'm down with the cupcake. Um, So, Jacksonville, Tennessee, this is my favorite game. This is the game I'm going to be attacking. Uh, You know, every week, Ed reminds me that, you know, the Tennessee Titans are a pass funnel. And every week I, I just kind of ignore it and, and don't uh, attack the, the, the pass funnel as much as I should. This week I'm going all in. Okay. You know, as I said earlier, Trevor Lawrence, under-owned. And so are most of the pieces in this game. And the prices are very appealing. I do not like the Tennessee Tide. I do not like Ryan Tannehill. I don't think I'm going to be approaching it from any side but the Jacksonville Jaguars. So – you know, I'm gonna be looking at Trevor Lawrence, um, Travis Etienne. You know, a little banged up, but I think he's gonna be he's gonna play a role in this game. He's 6400. Let me just check correlation with him and Trevor Lawrence. Uh, yeah, that's what I thought. He 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 has negative correlation with Trevor Lawrence. So if you're building game stacks, um, I probably won't be playing uh, Travis Etienne in this game stack. I'll be playing him outside of the game stack and other game stacks, but I think I'm just going to be attacking this game through the pass catchers of, uh, of Lawrence. So guys, I really like, I think Christian Kirk is a must play. He projects very well. Uh, 6,600. He's a little expensive, but he's in a really good spot here. And, you know, 
another guy. He's under he's under ten percent ownership. He's sitting around five percent ownership. Um, you know, he, three weeks ago he put up thirty four points against the Kansas City Chiefs. Four weeks ago he put up twenty one points against the Raiders. Last week, you know, against Detroit, puts up nineteen points. Uh, he did dud out against the Baltimore Ravens two weeks ago. Um, you know, it's kind of interesting. Games they lose he puts up a lot more points than games they win. Now they are projected to lose this game. So Christian Kirk, I mean that there's, it, it's, it's lining up all the, all the stars are aligning, you know, when I do like a single entry tournament, the last couple of weeks, I haven't felt very confident in my gameplay. You know, I went with Chicago last week. I went with, I went with Justin Fields, but he was too expensive and I knew he was too expensive and I knew it would bite me. And it did Um, this week. I feel very confident and my biggest win this year, you know, I took 12th in a single entry um, uh, out of like uh, 6,000 players. I felt really good about it. And it was, it was a Justin Fields week, but Justin Fields is very cheap and very unowned. Uh, that's where I'm feeling with Trevor Lawrence. I don't know if he's going to get steamed. I mean, there's a chance other people are thinking exactly like I am, that this is a really good play. And, you know, it, it's just weird that nobody is, is attacking it. Uh, but, yeah, I like Trevor Lawrence. And then I like Kirk. And I would double stack it. So now you're looking at uh, Marvin Jones, who's been playing really well. Not really well, but, I mean, Marvin Jones has been playing uh, – Okay, uh, but you, you don't need much from that third piece. You're just hoping they get there. He's 3,800, so you're not you're not investing a lot in Marvin Jones. Uh, yeah, I mean, the guy's put up two, 11, four, and nine. Uh, nine, he did do a 20. Two nines and a 20 and an 11 are his best games this year, but he's also produced four, two. So, I mean, he, he'll either get you 10 points, 10 points plus, or he's going to get you under five. Um, but the price is worth it, and the situation is worth it. I do like Marvin Jones Jr. Zay Jones is getting a lot of ownership. He's the highest projected owned player of anybody in this game, which is crazy. You know, even even Travis Etienne has less ownership projected than Zay Jones. It's not a lot. It's 13%. But at 4,700, I think he's the fade here. You know, I, I think, again, I, I don't think I'm playing ETN in the game stack. I think Zay Jones is where everyone else is going who is going to play this game stack. And I'm not comfortable with it. So I'm going to fade it. And, uh, you know, he did get seven targets last week. You know, he only caught two of them. Seven targets. He only caught two balls. He gave you three drafting points. Now, the reason people like him is two weeks ago against the Baltimore Ravens, he had 14 targets, caught 11 of them for 145 yards, gave you 30 drafting points. The week prior to that, he had 10 targets, eight catches for 68 yards, 14 drafting points. So he's not he's not a very good football player, is 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 the deal. Even when he gets a lot of targets, only once has he balled. Only once this year. And again, it was two weeks ago. So it's fresh in everybody's mind. And that's why they're going to Zay Jones. People just like playing Zay Jones. But Zay Jones is a shitty play, especially at 13% ownership. So I'm fading Zay Jones, which means I got to find another piece. And it's probably uh, Evan Ingram. You know, he's catching a little bit of ownership. He's at about 6% ownership. Uh, he's 
hundred. He's projecting for about twelve, you know, twelve point ceiling, you know, eight point projection. So it's about the same as every other running back in that price point. Um, let's kind of look at what he's produced this year. I don't think he's 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 had a great year. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's ugly. He did have seven targets last week, got five of them for thirty yards and a touchdown, gave you fourteen points against the Lions. But prior to that, it was one point, four points, one point. Then you get to the 15, the 10, the 9, the 12. So he's streaky, you know, and just like every other tight end, man, it's like they're either going to get you a touchdown and you're going to be happy or they're not and it's going to suck. And, you know, that's just a consistent. So why overthink it? You know, why why, why, why overthink it? You're you pivoting off of the chalk and you're getting a tight end that's capable of doing just as well as the guy everybody else is playing that we've talked about isn't worth playing. So, yeah, I'm probably going to do Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram with Trevor Lawrence. I'm, I'm probably going to do a lot of that, like 20%. Like that's going to be my key uh, piece. Uh, I'm, I'm going to bank a lot of this week on that stack and I'm going to run it back. Probably, uh, you know, it's cheap enough where you could do Derek Henry. I don't like a lot of the Tennessee players. Um, as a matter of fact, right now I have every one of them X'd out, but because this is going to be my game stack, I'm going to have to, I'm probably gonna have to make some concessions and probably play like Austin Hooper was projecting fairly decent. He is catching some ownership at 9%. I'm definitely going to be playing Derek Henry as the run back. Uh, wherever I can, you know, every piece is so cheap that, you know, 7,900 at running back is going to be easy to do. Um, He is getting, you know, as we talked about, he's one of the higher owned running backs, but like I said, it's worth eating this week. If I'm going to punt, I'm probably going to go to Chizuzumokawawu. So say that again. Chizuzumokawawu. Okay. You know, the tight end for the uh, Tennessee Titans at 2,700. I think uh, we're just going to call him CO. I think Co is going to be a a pretty good play. Um, You know, nice pivot. He projects the same as Evan Ingram, and he's cheaper. So, you know, it's it's just another example of how shitty the tight end position is um, this week. Now, you do have two tight ends for Tennessee. You have Co. And you have uh, Hooper, and they both project the same. So that's just going to split the ownership between the two. Um, It is interesting that between the two Tennessee Titans tight ends, you have about, you know, 16% ownership projected between the two because they're both they're both projecting for ownership because they both project exactly the same. And as I said earlier, the smart play is play the cheaper guy, Play the guy with less ownership. The cheaper guy in this situation, Austin Hooper's 29. Uh, Coe is 27. Uh, Hooper's at about 10% ownership, and Coe's at about 6% ownership. So Coe's the better play. Now, I'm running, a, like I said, I'm running a lot of teams of this Trevor Lawrence stack. So I'm ultimately going to probably going to split my, my exposure to both of them. So I'm going to have either way. Uh, but yeah, I like all, all three tight ends in this game, you know, uh, Ingram for Jacksonville, Hooper and, uh, Co. Oconquo. 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 Yeah. I, I need to, uh, I need to learn that guy's name if he's going to be good. So, 
Yeah, so that's my favorite game. So let's look at the, the Detroit-Minnesota game. I do think this is a, um, a good game to fade. But you seems know, like you, it's going to be a popular one, right? Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be the most owned game, and it's going to be uh, it's going to be very popular. It's going to be it's going to be owned. Um, there is a lot of ceiling in it, though, so uh, uh, it's worth it's not worth totally fading, but it is worth considering doing so. Both quarterbacks project very similar. Uh, the cheaper of the two is Jared Goff. Um, and their ownership is pretty much the same. Uh, Jared Goff has like 1% better ownership, higher ownership than Kirk Cousins. So it's a coin flip. I mean, you could approach this game from either way, either side. I think there's a double stack that's uh, doable in both situations. Uh, Checking Jared Goff's correlation. He does correlate positively with – with uh, DeAndre Swift, you know, DeAndre Swift does catch a lot of balls. So that makes sense. So Swift, Armand St. Brown, um, all doable in a stack. You probably can't do both of those guys together, but, um, you know, it's worth playing. I, I may have a little Jamal Williams just in this game, just in like a few plays, but given the fact I'm probably fading most of, most of the game, you know, most of my exposure to this game, I'm probably just going to uh, not play Jamal Williams. It's just not – I think I want the guys with the real ceiling, and I think that's Swift, Armand St. Brown. Uh, I like DJ Shark a lot. I think uh, I think he's a good play. He's only at – he's under 5% ownership, so he's a great pivot in this game. Um, the guys catching all the ownership are pretty obvious. It's Armand St. Brown. It's Swift. And I would guess Hawkinson, but I'm not seeing him here. Yeah, right. I would think. Yeah, you would think so. Like he's not even listed. Weird. Oh, that's right, because he plays for the Minnesota Vikings. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Traded. Traded. He's traded, right. So basically it's Swift and St. Brown are, are are catching all the ownership. Um so I imagine they are playable in that game stack, if that's where all the ownership is going. And I guess Swift is only 5,800. I keep thinking he's, you know, he's in the 6K range, um, but he's under 6K. So I guess you can do it. Uh, it's probably a, a, a poison sentence with ownership. Whereas if you if you play St. Brown and say DJ Shark, or you play, you know, DJ Shark and Swift, or you play Armand St. Brown and Josh Reynolds, I think that's the way to go. You know, nobody has ownership over 5% in this game stack outside of Swift and Brown and St. Brown. So, um, yeah, I mean, this game, that, that that's a little more promising to me. That makes me more excited to play this game stack. If, if nobody, if, if, if the field isn't double stacking this game outside of Swift and Brown, like there is, there are pivots within this stack to be contrarian and give yourself a little bit of an advantage. So it's doable. It's doable. And then, you know, Jamal Williams is just kind of a wild card. The guys I'm playing, as mentioned, I am going to do a little bit of Josh Reynolds. Um, I don't think it's a great spot for him. And you have the rookie, Jamison Williams, getting more and more snaps. You know, their first-round draft pick who's been injured most of the year. Uh, I think he got uh, eight eight targets. Not eight targets, but I think he was in eight plays last week. Um 
eight targets seems too high. Uh, he yeah he he had eight of the seventy six snaps he had eight eight snaps and only one target. So I don't know when they're going to start using him more. <laughs> Obviously, he's a guy that they uh, they want to get more involved. Yep. And I think the guy who he eats into is going to be Josh Reynolds, but. I'm still playing Josh Reynolds at 3,400. I'm just going to limit his exposure. He's under 1% right now. DJ Shark, I think, is a very safe play at 4,300. Just kind of look at his games. Six targets last week, five targets the week prior. 98 yards last week. Just missed the 100-yard bonus by two yards. You know, gave you 14 DraftKings points. Uh, Involved in 64 of 76 snaps. So, yeah. DJ Sharks, definitely a good play. And then the tight end situation, Brock Wright is is their best option there, but I'm not playing him. So I'm gonna the rest of the pieces are so under owned that I'm not I'm not gonna have to take the risk at Brock Wright to get contrarian. Because <coughs> Shark and uh Reynolds are already contrarian enough that uh you know they're worth playing. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> That uh, I like that style. Of course, that game is in the dome. Uh, we've talked about it. They're the highest uh, over under at fifty one and a half, according to Vegas. Maybe Al next week you might have to watch out for Baker Mayfield, huh? Come back, kid. yeah, maybe. He looked uh, he looked all right last night. <laughs> He's still garbage. Wow. Yeah. Right. Just but, wow. You know. Yep. <clears throat> It was it was a nice comeback win. Um, on the other side, you know, Adam Thielen at forty nine hundred is getting a lot of ownership, and I assume it's because people are going to be double stacking him with Jefferson uh, because it's very affordable. Justin Jefferson, the highest priced tight uh, wide receiver on the board at nine k. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good play. I don't love it. Um, as a matter of fact, I'm fading Justin Jefferson outside of this game. I think I'm just going to play him in this game stack if I am playing him at all. Um, you know, Hawkinson, I think, is a better play at 16% ownership at 5,100. Not a better play as far as ceiling, but just cost efficiency. You know, at 9K, you need at least 30 points. I mean, you, you got to get those 30 points really to justify it. And it's just going to be hard to do. Yep. That's you a, know, lot he, points, Al. a lot of points. He, I mean, he put up 18 points last week, but of course it was against, uh, you know, sauce and the New York jets. Um, he did put up 32 against new England, six against the Cowboys. Um, I think he got injured in that game. Uh, although you no, know, they just didn't have a lot of spe- uh, snaps, slow paced. He did put up 38 points against the, uh, Buffalo Bills and 28 points against the Commanders, so it's in him. Like we know that it's 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 one of the best. It's arguably the best receiver in football, but at 9K, you know, in 20% ownership, it, it's I, I I just like it. I like attacking this game from the Detroit side and playing the Jared Goff, uh, you know, Armand St. Brown, you know, and stacking him. Uh, with like Marvin Jones and then running it back with say, you know, Adam Thielen would be like a good play at 4,900, but 20% ownership, man. It's like, 
the potential of him failing is higher than the potential of him succeeding. The potential of him hitting his average is is probably pretty high. The potential of him hitting his ceiling is probably not that high. So when 20% of the field thinks that he's going to hit his ceiling, like it's just, it's smart to get away from it. I mean, you know, here's his last couple games. Four drafting points, 21 drafting points. Okay, he hit there against the Patriots. Four drafting points, 9, 9, 12, 15, 6. Like, you know, I realize he's very cheap, um, but, yeah, like, I, I don't I, – I, I just don't like the Adam – I just don't like the Adam Thielen play much this year at all. Uh, it just hasn't been getting there. KJ – the problem is KJ Osborne at 3,500 isn't worth playing. Um, I don't think at least, you know, if you're doing a lot of exposure to the, to the uh, Minnesota side, by all means play a little KJ Osborne. But if if you're only having, if you're playing a handful of games or something, I'm not risking it with KJ Osborne. As a matter of fact, I'd rather be a Thielen at that point. So for me, the, the double stack is Hawkinson and uh, uh, Jefferson, but it's expensive. I mean, you know, now you're spending, you know, 5,100 at the tight end position so unless you find some cheap wide receivers, you're probably going to have to play double tight end to get there, and that's not fun. Um, yeah, uh, Delvin Cook, let's see if he correlates with with Kirk Cousins. I'm going to guess no, but it wouldn't surprise me either way. Um, actually, he has pretty good correlation with Kirk Cousins. So Delvin Cook's in play, but he's 7,300. You know, and then you absolutely cannot play Justin Jefferson. You just can't afford it. So you're talking like um, Delvin Cook, Adam Thielen, Kirk Cousin double stack, and running it back with St. Brown. Like, it's not very appealing. As a matter of fact, the Minnesota side's really ugly. Because the plays you want to make, the players you want to play, just are too expensive. So you're forced playing the plays players you don't want to play. And it's ugly. You know, that's why Adam Thielen's so well-owned. Because he's cheap. <coughs> and and from a data aspect, he makes sense. But it's fucking Adam Thielen, you know? Yep. Like, I just would rather so much play the Detroit side. That sounds like it. Yeah. And then just running it back with, like, one of these players. All right, we'll do one more game. Do you got a, do you got a favorite game here, Clark? Sure. Uh, Cincinnati. Oh, that's a good one. Sure. All right. So you got the Bengals and you got the Cincinnati Browns. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to look at some of these other games here. You know, sure. I think Seattle, Seattle, Seattle we'll, we'll talk about the Cincinnati Cleveland, but I just want to run through everything. Seattle Cleveland, I think is worth approaching from the Seattle, Chino Cleveland? side. Uh, I'm sorry, Carolina, Seattle, yeah. Carolina is worth approaching from the Cleveland side. Or from the Seattle side. San Francisco, Tampa Bay, I'm not really interested in. Kansas City, Denver. Kansas City could steam. <laughs> they could put up a lot of points really fast against San Francisco. Well, San Francisco defense is solid. So I don't like that game either. Kansas City, Denver. You know, uh, well, that's, yeah, like I'm all over the place here. Yep. Uh, Dallas, Houston. I mean, it's just, it's like good teams versus bad teams everywhere you look. Uh, I can see Dak Prescott and doing like a nice Dallas stack against Houston. 
I think yep. that's playable. Uh, but it's not it's not exciting. Jets Philly is kind of exciting. Like that outside of the Cincinnati Browns game, I, I do kind of like the Jets. Uh, I'm sorry, the Giants, Philadelphia Eagles, and going with the Philadelphia Eagles stack. You know, AJ Brown hurts. It's expensive. I probably would single stack and stop right there. And then uh you know, run it back with God, who who do you run it back with on the, you know? Yeah, you might right. not even do a run back on the Giants. Well. You know, Bellinger. Bellinger is who I would run it back with at the tight end spot, which would save you a little bit of money so you can get, you know, AJ and Hertz. All right, so let's look at Cincinnati. I think you're spot on that this is the other game that's worth talking about. Uh-huh. Um, can you play the Watson side? I mean, that that's the question. Can you play the Cleveland side? And you're taking a huge risk. Um, this game is in Cincinnati, right? Is there any weather, anything like that going on? Uh, no, there's not much. Um, yeah, you mentioned there was that. A, what's that? Yeah, I remember you, now you did mention uh, we did talk about it. Yeah, 6,400 for Deshaun Watson. I'm not going there. You know, under 1%. He's at about 1% ownership. So it, it's it's worth considering in a tournament, but it's not something I, I'm, I'm looking at or excited about. Uh, I do like the Nick Chubb play at under, you know, 3% ownership. And then we know that Armani Cooper is not great on the road. He has terrible road splits. He's 6,200, but it's not a great spot for Peoples Jones, which, you know, he's been playing really well lately, but not a good spot. Um, Yeah. So I don't really like anything going on here on the Cleveland side. You know, so if I'm playing this game, I'm only playing the Cincinnati side, and I'm probably going to run it back with either Peoples or Cooper. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I, the, the tight end's like a split situation where, you know, it's Harrison Bryant or Farrell Brown. Uh, Bryant, I guess Bryant at 2,800 is, is worth considering as a run back as well. So Harrison Bryant, Cooper, Peoples, those would be my run back from the Cleveland side. I'm not playing the Cleveland stack. So Cincinnati, this is this is a great, great, great spot for Tyler Boyd. Okay. The... Cincinnati Bengals uh, tight end is injured, right? They're they're uh, they're they're wheeling out uh, Mitchell Wilcox okay. as a starting tight end this week. I think that that means there's going to be a lot more production going to Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd has one percent projected ownership. He's five k. He's not super cheap, but. Let's let's face it. You can you can't play Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and T Higgins. It right. just doesn't work. You can't afford it. You know Higgins is seven k. Uh, Jamar Chase is seventy nine hundred, and Burrow is seven um, k. So like it's just not cost efficient to do that. So you have to find a pivot, and that pivot is clearly going to be uh, Tyler Boyd. So. I think I think it's really easy. It's Joe Burrow, and then play Chase or play Higgins, and then pair it with Boyd. Uh, looking at Boyd's correlation, I think that's kind of an interesting thing to pull up here. Yep. He correlates really well with Joe Burrow. He correlates really well with Jamar Chase. He correlates negatively 
with Joe Mixon and T Higgins. Interesting. So if you're looking at a data aspect, if you want to approach this game purely from an analytical side, you play Burrow, you play Chase, you play Boyd, yep. and then you run it back with, uh, you know, whoever you want on the other side, those three guys I mentioned. Um, Mixon, of course, is in a smash spot, 6,900. Um, I I just don't know that, like, you could play him in the game stack. He's a great play outside of the game stack. Yep. He does correlate slightly positively with Joe Burrow. Um, he, uh, he does have po- positive correlation with, with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. Uh, so he, he's one of those guys where, like, you know, you can play him in a game stack. Um, I just, I just think if it if it turns into a game where he's dominating and he's taking the touchdowns, it's really going to hurt the the pass catchers. So you don't want him to have. You want to kind of bet on him having a, a an okay game, and uh, you know him hurting him hurting your opponents who play him outside of the game stack, and then your guys going off within the game stack. That that's the road to success for the Cleveland game stack this week, or I'm sorry, the, the Cincinnati game stack this week. I like it. I like it a lot. I think this is. I think I'm going to focus on like five game stacks this week, and play them at like twenty percent each, which is really high. But when when you hit like two of those three, you'd probably ball in in money this week. So I'm probably going to go twenty percent on say Trevor Lawrence, twenty percent on Burrow, twenty percent on Goff, and then I'm going to have to kind of think about those next two plays. I'm probably going to go one high stake. Well, Hurts. I'm going to play Hurts. And then I'm really gonna have to consider that last spot yep. of who I'm who I'm gonna play, and that's gonna depend a lot on ownership. <laughs> it might come down to like a Dak Prescott because I don't think anybody's going there this week. But uh, yeah, yeah, Dak, Dak. Oh, Dak has had about ten percent ownership, so sixty-five hundred. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I, I mean, that's what I'm doing. I'm I'm gonna pick five quarterbacks and I'm I like build. It. You know, twenty percent game stacks around all of them, and uh, yeah, I think the Burrow one is very easy. I don't think I'm going to be screwing around too much. I'm probably like if I'm doing twenty percent, it's probably going to be, you know, five uh, percent on uh, uh, mixing, mixing. No, I'm going to fade mixing in the game stack. So it's probably going to be like fifteen percent on Chase Boyd, and then five percent on Higgins Boyd as the game stack there. Um, so, yeah, that's it. Yeah, any, uh, you do, are you doing 150 lineups this week? No, that's that what I have. Play? I'm going to give it a shot, man. We'll see how the day goes with the way that I'm feeling. <laughs> like, right, I think well, I am going to. I am going to be home. I got some work to do from here, but man, if uh, if you have any questions, you know, you know, you can ask me. If you know, you need some tips on running 150. Thank um, you. I will hit you up. I would like to do it absolutely. You know, and that includes yeah. the listeners too. If they want to hit me up on Twitter. Um, you know, just drop them in my DMs uh, you know, at Larcher Than Life. Yeah, yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, I'll, I will hit you up. I'll find time to do it, especially if if uh, if my oldest can go to school today. As you know, she had the Eber flu. She type A, uh, the uh, influenza A. She tested positive for. Has been out of school oh, no. all week. That's uh, we're flying now. Like it's masks are off, and man, the flu is everywhere. So yeah, just so you, yeah, but. We'll see. Uh, yeah, I'm in. I will talk to you definitely about building a 150 stack here. Cool. Let's see. It was really, you know, thinking about it when you opened up the show, you're like, what a 
what a strange week. Kind of, yeah. a, kind of a rough week. And I'm like, oh, great. So I'm going to go 150 on the rough week. But what you brought up, there's quite a few uh, good things in there. Yeah, I've talked myself into liking this slight. You know, now that we finished the show, I, I, I've talked myself into liking it because I know where I'm going. You know, last week I had no direction. Like, I didn't feel anything. Where this week I, I really feel strongly about the Trevor Lawrence play. And uh, I feel comfortable with the with the Joe Burrow play. Um I feel like I can outsmart the chalk with the, with the Jared Goff play. So there's just a lot of things to do. And it feels like a very good week to be contrarian and a very good week to follow the rules. So, yep. you know, that's how we started. That's how we end. Just uh, do do the right things this week. Be a contrarian yep. player and uh, double stack and keep your ownership in check. That's great. And that's, yeah. Al, thanks for week 14, breaking it all, all down. The listener out there, thank you so much for listening uh, on your commute, watching on YouTube, watching on Twitch, watching on Facebook Live, and then listening wherever you get your podcast. This thing will be available here shortly. Tell your friends to download us if they want all that info, all that great, great info from Alfred Ferdinand Larcher III. Peace. Anything else, bud? No, I'm going to go back to watching, uh, you know, some cop dramas and uh, see what goes on from there. Still on that new Criminal Minds? Yeah, yeah, I just finished. I just finished. I Well, I slept through the last episode. It's not very good. Okay. All right. Well, we'll give it a shot. All right, brother. Have a good one. Right. See ya.